Hi, and welcome to another episode of A Shot Glass of Recovery with your host, Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast, Two Sober Chicks. Hey, y'all. It's my last 24 hours in Nashville, Tennessee. My announcement of marriage has blown up my damn world. I'm getting mostly positive feedback, but a little bit of concern back, we'll call it. And in some cases, rage back and anger back, which is interesting to me because as a 43-year-old woman, I can understand how you can disagree with a decision I make, but to be angry or resentful or offended at me about it kind of perplexes me. Thus starts the podcast on balance. So, um, I had a friend of mine here, Jennifer. She's a therapist here in Nashville. She's amazing. You can check her out. Her name is Jennifer Perecki, P-I-R-E-C-K-I. Um, I believe her website's jenniferparecki.com. Let me check. You can find her on Instagram. She's a beautiful writer. She wrote books that changed my life. They're books of poetry, um, prayer poetry and Christian poetry. Although in one of her books, Anthropros, you would never guess that it's Christian poetry unless you're really looking. Let me see if that's the right, right website. JenniferParecki.com, perhaps? See, I do these podcasts like on the fly, so I never actually prepare for them. I do have her business card somewhere here. Anyways, um, so you can find her on Instagram and you can direct message her through there if you want to do it that way. It's Jennifer.Parecki. And um, there, there's like a link to her website and you can see her books and some of the stuff she does. Anyways. That's just to say that she is my dear friend down here that set me up with my now husband. And we were discussing the other day all of this sort of response to my decision to get married to a man 11 days after I met him and just over a month since we started talking. And so all of you out there know this was not a Tinder date that resulted in a marriage. This is to a man that I was set up with by a very dear friend of mine and who I had been hearing about for about a year and this very dear friend of mine Jennifer and her husband have known this man for a very long time her husband and my husband Zach have known each other for quite some time anyways she's helped me navigate some of the responses to this and I did podcast a little bit on that a couple of podcasts ago but what she did was she did something really smart she drew me it wasn't even really a chart um And she put at the top of the paper, God, then underneath that self, then underneath that marriage, then underneath that work. And for those of us in recovery, we often hear whatever you put before your recovery, you will lose. And listen, it's everybody has an opinion on to where recovery might fit in with that. Is recovery considered part of self and God? Is it considered work? That's up to everyone to decide. And what I found interesting about that is up until a month ago, it was it would have been God's self work. So now that I have this marriage, which comes before work, which includes a lot of my service work and my recovery work with my sponsees, so on and so forth, it helped me reevaluate how I am supposed to split up the 100% of Julie Pie. 
And if Lisa was here, she would make a really dirty, disgusting joke about that. But there, I'm going to use the uh, metaphor of a piece of pie, if it is a metaphor. So if I broke that into four sections, then I could see where I was going in terms of my 100% of output. So now that I'm married, I have to pull from some part of that pie because there's no more than 100%. It's always 100%. And now I'm going to have to shift. I'm going to have to shift so I can focus attention on my marriage in this very critical stage of foundation building. And that means I'm going to have to pull from somewhere. Can I pull from God? Absolutely not. Can I pull from self? Absolutely not. So what I'm going to have to pull from? Work or slash the world. And that has led me to reevaluate some of my friendships and some of my service work in terms of sponsees. I've had to look at not taking on any more, about having conversations with some sponsees where I don't necessarily know if I'm helping them in their addiction and to talk with them about it. And I've seen things that are not helpful. It's not helpful for me to indulge in a conversation about mental health issues or relationship stuff. My job as a sponsor is to assist in recovery. And so I think balance is such a key part of our lives as addicts. How do we find balance? Like what happens? Well, first of all, We have to understand that balance is a process. What balance was for me a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago is very different now. And once it's brought into our focus that we have to shift our balance, then we can do something about it. But often we have to get to the point of burnout before we're like, hang on a minute, I have to reevaluate what's going on. Life's never going to be fully balanced. But for those of us in recovery, it's really important we stay on our toes with what's good for us because it's really our emotional sobriety that we need to focus on. Because if we're our, if we're spiritually fit, then our emotional sobriety will show that. If we're not spiritually fit, we'll start to spin out. So I have found I'm a calendar girl, not a pinup calendar girl as one of my sponsees thought when I asked her that question, but I'm a schedule girl. So for me, it's really important to have everything in my calendar so that I can plan for it. Now, that takes discipline. And sometimes you need discipline first to set a calendar. And sometimes you need the reverse. You set your calendar and then you're disciplined in order to follow it. It helps me schedule appointments. In treatment, there's something called a 168 where typically clients have to plan out over the 168 hours a week, how much time are they going to dedicate to recovery? And they put that down. So like three hours a week, let's say, which is three meetings at one hour a piece. Uh, Working out is important for me. So I happen to work out twice a week with a trainer, which has now been done online uh, through FaceTime with my trainer, Stacey DeHart. You can also find her on Instagram where you can link onto her um, profile. I'm just going to punch her in here. Stacey DeHart. There she is. And you can find her Stacy DeHart, which is S-T-A-C-E-Y-D-E-H-A-R-T. And you can find her through there. She works me out twice a week. That is super important for my balance. Almost as important as anything else, to be honest. And then I have church once a week on Sundays. So that's super important for my balance. Um, eating properly is super important for my balance. Sleeping properly is super important for my balance. So I can put that all in a calendar. I can put it on a whiteboard. I can put it with chalk marker on my mirror. And I can literally schedule in, you know, 9 a.m. drink water, 12 p.m., 
eat lunch, 4 p.m., take a nap, 5 p.m., go for a walk. Like that really helps to structure us, which is why when we're in treatment, we're often really great because we have a balanced schedule that makes us more disciplined. And those two things go hand in hand. Taking care of our body is so important. For some people in recovery, creating a budget is really helpful, especially if there's gambling addiction or money is often spent on an addiction. So looking at your budget, getting that all together. I mean, just today I was with my new husband, getting all of his stuff tightened up administratively. Like, you know, this man is a musician. He's been a musician his whole life. He spent a lot of time on the road and sort of always let the administrative stuff fall by the wayside because it's not his strong suit and it creates like anger and anxiety. I love an administrate. I love administrative work. I'm very skilled at it. So it's like, let's pull out your hospital bills. Let's, because we're in America, this would never happen in Canada. I'm horrified that he said after his cancer surgery, a doctor just doing rounds, checking in and saying, hey, I'm Dr. So-and-so just checking on your prod progress is like a thousand dollars that's not Canadian we don't know what that is but like let's get all your medical bills together let's see what's not on auto pay let's get the landlord stuff in check let's make sure all of your accounts are synced in your addresses because he's moved around quite a bit in the last several years that actually leads to more balance because you don't have to worry about rallying to pay this or what's due and when these papers are out of sorts I got him a little file cabinet to put his stuff in there. That keeps me on track too. That's how I live my life. So creating a budget or a system where you once a month sit down with your bills, look at your credit card bills. Maybe your interest rate is at 20% and you can call and ask if there's a lower percentage rate. Dealing with your finances is a big part of recovery. And then asking for help is a big part of balance. I am not naturally skilled at accounting, for example. So I have an accountant that I think is very well paid to do my taxes at the end of the year. Not well paid. What I mean by that is it is um, worth the investment so that I don't have to misfile a tax return or get a number wrong. I have no problem paying this man. I think it's like $300 a year to do my taxes and then that's all taken care of. I would save money in order to be able to do that. Planning for the future, you know, I have an appointment with a lawyer because now I'm old enough and I have enough assets that I need a will and a beneficiary. So these things are all important and often when we put pen to paper as we learn in our fourth step, um, writing things down has an impact. So literally sitting down with a piece of paper and writing down financially, what's my budget? Do I have outstanding things? What is the, maybe is it like the first day of the month I can go over all of my bills and finances and then looking at emotionally, am I supported emotionally? Do I have a therapist? Do I talk to people? psychologically, physically, spiritually. It sounds like a lot, but when you look down at a piece of paper and you see all of these categories, the beast doesn't get bigger, it gets smaller. We cannot surrender our sovereignty of our emotional state over to things that we don't want to look at. It's more empowering to look at how we can be balanced in all areas of our lives. So, balance. Is it, is this a recovery thing? Yes. Is it an AA thing? Absolutely. In the 12 and 12 and step 11, it talks about the benefit of step 11, which is the spirit, staying connected spiritually to God step. And it talks about the result of that being emotional balance. 
In the 12 and 12 and step four, doing the work. This tends to clear away morbidity and encourage balance in 12 and 12. Step 10, we AAs find we need something much better in order to keep our balance. Again, in step 11, in the 12 and 12, the talking about the first fruits of the work is emotional balance. It talks about us being off balance as a part of our addiction. Um, I'm just looking at my list. There's a, a website, 164andmore.com, where you can type in a word and it'll tell you everywhere in the big book in the 12 and 12 where the word has been mentioned or used. I'm not a genius. I don't know all of these things off the top of my head. But 12 and 12, step 10. Then comes the acid test. Can we stay sober, keep an emotional balance, and live to good purpose under all conditions? 12 and 12, step 10 again, just a couple of pages later. The quick inventory is aimed at our daily ups and downs, especially those where people or new events throw us off balance and tempt us to make mistakes. 12 and 12, step 9. This atmosphere of approval and praise is apt to be so exhilarating as to put us off balance by creating an insatiable appetite for more of the same. So it's mentioned 14 times and it is obviously very clear. This is not some weird thing I pulled out of the sky. Balance, throwing us off balance can make us fall off the beam. Ha ha, pun intended. Anyways, so I encourage you just as much as I encourage myself to keep balance in my life because my very sobriety is at stake if I go off the rails. Having, you know, a couple of very good years under my belt, I'm coming up to seven and a half years of continuous sobriety. I don't feel, I feel very well supported and protected. I'm never... 100% safe but I feel like I've got really good footing underneath me I've been practicing these program this program and these principles in all my affairs so something that would throw me way off balance before is something that I can recognize quickly and staying in touch with my recovery friends or people that understand recovery has been so important bringing this to my attention so That's what I got for you today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. When I get back to Toronto, which will be tomorrow night, I will be podcasting more often than I have been since I've been down here for three weeks. And I will be back to my regularly balanced schedule and we'll have more time to dedicate to being with you guys. I have missed being with you regularly down here when I don't podcast for a couple of days. I really feel it. It's like I really miss my good friend. And I am so happy that I thought about this subject three seconds before I decided to podcast because I love you guys and I hope you walk with me in this because I walk with you. Thanks for listening and maybe I'll talk to you tomorrow from here, but most likely Sunday from home. Coming back to Canada, eh? Talk to y'all soon.